Welcome, everybody, to A Servant's Heartbeat. My name is Kristen. Thank you for listening and allowing me to share my heartbeat for the kingdom of God with you. Well, we took about two weeks off just because things got busy and work has started back. And speaking of work, it is the motivation behind today's devotion. So for what I do, I I work in education and I schedule a lot of meetings. I get invited to a lot of meetings, some of which I'd rather not be invited to, but we won't go there. So again, today's devotion is focused on meetings. So for a quick lesson in meetings 101, there are a few things that need to take place before an effective meeting can happen. There's a meeting organizer. So when I am sending out invitations on Zoom or Teams or whatever, there's a word beside my name and it says organizer. That just means I've I've decided the date, the time, location, and purpose of the meeting. I I am initiating the meeting. And once I've got all the organizing squared away, I can start inviting people. I am sending out meeting invitations. Well, this got me to thinking, because that's just how my brain works. Because I've sent out all these invitations, I'm now waiting for people to accept so that this goal or the main purpose of the meeting can be accomplished. So again, this got my brain turning, and I am thinking about meetings with the Lord. So beside my name, when I send out the invite to people, it says the organizer. Again, because I've set up the date, time, location, all that. Well, perhaps... If the Lord were to send out a literal invitation that came to my inbox, what would it say beside his name? The Lord, Master Planner, is inviting you to blah. (laughs) Or perhaps to use some references from scripture, would it say El Shaddai, the mighty God? Perhaps an invitation that said Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Or one of my favorites, and I think I'm pronouncing this Hebrew word correctly, El Roi, God who sees me. So places of meeting with the Lord, where are they and how does this happen? So a few examples here. The Bible speaks of meeting the bridegroom. Matthew 25 and 6, and at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Or what about that invitation to the meeting in the year? 1 Thessalonians 4 and 17, Then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. (laughs) What a meeting. Or what about when God sets up the meeting time for something in our lives to take place? And he's always on time for his meetings. So in Genesis 18, 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? 
at the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. And we can read a few chapters later and know that God kept his appointment in Genesis 21 2 for Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken unto him. Meetings, invitations, opportunities with him. God is sending out invitations and, and the invitation is simply to come. Luke 14, 23 is one example. And the Lord said unto the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Matthew 11 and 28, another example. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So we're talking about a place of meeting. We went over all of those examples to to bring us to this point. Again, a, a place of meeting. Now, typically, we we use the King James Version when reading scripture, but at times when, when I'm studying, I, I like to compare the King James to another translation just to see if that may help my understanding or, or bring out some thoughts that I that I would not have considered otherwise. Such is the case with this verse we're about to read. So Exodus 33 and 7, I'm reading from the NIV. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. I will preface this by saying a deeper study on this goes way beyond the main focus of our devotion today. But just to kind of lay out a difference here, there is a difference between the tent of meeting, the KJV calls it the tabernacle of congregation, and the tabernacle that would be later built that only the priest could enter. So, a brief background on what brings us to Exodus 33 and 7. Exodus 32 lets us know that Israel had the bright idea to make a golden calf, an idol to worship. Well, this didn't please the Lord too much, and he wanted to destroy them. But the man of God, Moses, stands in the gap and intercedes for them. This is also what leads Moses to move the tent of meeting outside the camp, a separation from sin, if you will. So on that note of sin, when we find ourselves in sin, in faults, in a failure, mistakes, you name it, we can feel so far from even having a chance of meeting God. I mean, even the verse says that Moses pitched the tent of meeting outside the camp, some distance away. So yeah, sin does separate us from God. From the beginning, we saw that with Adam and Eve. However, when looking at this verse, our takeaway from this could be an opportunity for reconciliation. So the invitation to the meeting place still stands. In other words, I don't want to let guilt and shame talk me out of an invitation 
to the throne of grace, an opportunity to meet with him again. So still looking at Exodus chapter 33 and verse 7, that verse says, anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Again, the invitation to a meeting place with him still stands. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Everyone had an opportunity to separate themselves from the crowd, if you will, and really get in touch with the Lord, really begin to seek, pursue his presence. But how many actually separated themselves to meet with the Lord? I don't know that it gives us an exact number, but we do know of at least one. Because in Exodus 33, 11, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Talking about the tent of meeting. So, I need a place of meeting with the Lord, that tent, that meeting place that I can run to in order to seek Him. Psalms 27 and 4, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. That that Hebrew word for seek is the same Hebrew word that is used in Exodus chapter 33 and 7 when referring to seeking or inquiring of the Lord. There is a place of meeting with the master for meeting him at an altar of repentance to being called up to meet with him in the air. I want to ever embrace the invitation to enter into his presence. That place of meeting with him where my trust or sometimes I feel like the lack thereof, meets his timing. When my faults and failures meet his mercy and grace, where my life meets the potter's hands, this is an invitation, a meeting that I'm welcome to. Earlier, we uh, referred to this verse by by saying, I don't want to let guilt and shame talk me out of an invitation to the throne of grace. So that comes from Hebrews 4 and 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. But talks about mercy. Matthew Henry's commentary mentions something that really stuck out to me. When God designs mercy, He stirs up prayer. This place of meeting designed for obtaining mercy and finding grace. The end of that verse says, in time of need. Granted, some of our times of need are more desperate or immediate than others. But in in general, is there ever a time that I do not need him? Is there ever a time when I don't need a place of meeting with him? Is there ever a time when I don't need his grace? I may not always have immediate needs, desperate situations, 
But man, I want a constant desire, as David said in Psalms 27, 4, to seek an opportunity to meet with the master. Pastor has mentioned this in a message a little while ago by by presenting the question, how much time have I wasted not pursuing God, not pursuing a place of meeting with him? And if I'm not pursuing his presence, what have I been pursuing more than him? We've talked about a place of meeting and having an invitation. Am I only receiving the invitation on my terms? In other words, will I only seek his face when it's convenient for me? When God is knocking on my door, have I found myself too busy to answer? Or do I take the attitude of David when you continue reading in Psalms 27 and verse 8, when thou saidest, seek ye my face? My heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. He's told me to seek him. One songwriter put it this way, enter into his presence. Walk right on in and make yourself at home. Even if I feel like everything is quote unquote right in my little world, I should still seek him on my good days and on my bad days. First Chronicles 16, 11, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. There's a place of meeting with the master. Again, from meeting him at the altar of repentance to being called up to meet him in the air. I want to ever embrace the invitation to enter into his presence and seek his face continually. So to wrap this up, bringing our attention back to Exodus. In the final chapters, we read about how the tabernacle preparations have been completed. Moses has finished the work by doing everything the Lord commanded him to do. And going back to the NIV, in Exodus 40 and 34, it says, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the house. That tent of meeting, the place where they were invited to seek the Lord, was now covered with the cloud. This is that same cloud that would lead the children of Israel throughout all their journeys. Our journey may feel difficult at times, but I want to be ever mindful of the welcome God has given me to meet with Him. 